Welcome to Point of Health, a Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York audio cast to keep you updated on key issues in the rapidly changing healthcare industry. I'm Julie Snyder from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York and the host of Point of Health. We want to provide focus for listeners on health insurance and healthcare in this free audio cast series. Navigating healthcare can be overwhelming for anyone, but especially for women who deal with a number of unique health matters throughout their lifetime. While men and women can experience the same health conditions, there are a number of matters that only impact women or that impact women differently than men. In fact, chronic diseases, including heart disease, cancer, and diabetes, are the leading causes of death among women. But women's health is about more than just reacting to diagnoses. It's about proper preventative care. And today we are so pleased to welcome Dr. Jalise Sosa from General Physician PC to help us understand what preventative care measures women should focus on at each stage of their life. Dr. Sosa specializes in full-spectrum obstetrics and gynecology, serving women in all areas of reproductive health care. With a medical degree and a master's in public health from St. George's University and a bachelor's degree from Stanford, Dr. Sosa brings a wealth of knowledge to our conversation today. Well, welcome to Point of Health. Dr. Souza. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Very impressive credentials. Women's health really, as I said, is such an important but broad-ranging topic. And what, in in a very top-level way, why is it so important for us to have this conversation about women's health? The majority of people in the U.S. are women. There are 166 million of us, actually. And because of that, it's really important that we take care of ourselves and that we realize that our health is important. In addition to being the majority of the population, we tend to take care of the majority of the family. So women are in charge of their own health, the health of their children, the health of their spouses oftentimes, the health of the elderly in the family also. So you could see that women are basically the backbone of society. And as a result, it really is important that their health is a priority that their health is maintained in order to maintain the health of our society. Great. I love the statement, women are the backbone of society. It is so true. And the way you state it, really, it resonates because I can think of dozens of females in my age range who are dealing with every single cohort you just described. And when we talk about women's health, Let's just get a definition. What does women's health encompass? It's such a wide range, and that's why I love my job. It's everything from a first period and taking care of your health on a monthly basis to sexual health, to prevention of STDs, to when one decides to become pregnant and a healthy pregnancy that involves both a mother and a baby. Life after pregnancy, dealing with the physical changes after that. And then working on preventive care later on, which involves breast health, overall reproductive health, having the desire to delay pregnancy or plan pregnancy at the time a woman and or her partner decides to do so. And then later on in menopause, uh, maintaining good health and sort of a, a thriving life thereafter. Life doesn't end when menopause begins. It's another phase that can also be well enjoyed. Amen. So uh, we did, Doctor, briefly touch on this in the opening, but what makes women more prone to certain disease states, conditions than men? 
Just the mere fact that we have estrogen. Oh. <laughs> estrogen is that protective hormone for us in the years prior to menopause. Estrogen is really important for maintaining good bone health and good heart health. In the earlier years of life, the estrogen allows us to have a healthy level of cholesterol. So that good cholesterol, the HDL, estrogen allows us to have a high level of good cholesterol and maintain a lower level of the not so good cholesterol or LDLs. It also helps to keep a low triglyceride level. This overall throughout life will help us maintain good heart health. Now, once menopause occurs, that estrogen level decreases significantly and that massive drop in estrogen then changes that dynamic. So now good cholesterol lowers, the bad cholesterol increases, the triglycerides also increase, making one at a little higher risk of heart disease, stroke, heart attacks. And men don't have this sort of cyclic or drastic change in hormones that affect the cardiac system as much. So as a result, they may not see a similar difference. In addition to that, traditionally, a lot of the research that's done to help manage heart disease was done in men. And we found that women respond to those medications completely differently from men. So as a result, even when women do have heart disease, the medications that we traditionally use to treat men may not be as effective. Currently, there's a lot of research being done to figure out ways to appropriately and more effectively provide medications that can treat women with heart conditions. And we certainly know with cancer, the whole role of estrogen, hormone replacement therapy, and just now really coming into a much higher level of awareness, certainly benefits of HRT, but also many risks. Very good. Well, that's always Julie Snyder adding her non-clinician expertise to Point of Health. Getting back to our questions, doctor, are there certain factors that affect the way one woman may experience a health condition compared to another? Are there, are beyond just gender, what are the other variables, if you will? Things such as exercise level, diet, weight, those are main things that may affect a health condition versus the other. So I'm sure any physician you have here, any dietitian that comes in to speak with you always harps on diet and exercise. And it's so true for women's health overall. When it comes to cancer prevention, the best way to do that is to maintain a healthy weight and a healthy diet. So women who may experience more mid-abdomen increase in size may be at higher risk for diabetes, may be at higher risk for heart disease, maybe at higher risk for uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. And so it's really important to keep a trim midline <laughs> and to exercise regularly and have foods that encourage that. Other things are family history. That's a really important factor. Often in the office, I encounter patients where they know that there may be a family history of a certain type of cancer. They're not sure of what type. They're not sure who has had it because perhaps that family member decided to be very private about their diagnosis and their experience with that disease. It's really important for us to start sharing that information with our family members. And it's really important that we ask older family members what their conditions are for the benefit of your family. If in your 30s you're aware that your risk of breast cancer is increased, perhaps that may encourage a person to take more action prior to then, to be more in tune with the foods they eat, avoiding carcinogenic foods, exercising daily, like I mentioned before. Even in patients like the rarer cancers, such as ovarian cancer and 
uterine cancer, it's really important to sort of know your cycle, know those changes, know what normal is for you, and know whether, you know, whether your mother had any issues with her period or your sister does. Those things can really factor into one's risk later on in life and uh, may affect your likelihood of developing a certain disease. Great. So it's not just awareness of your own health, it's really that intergenerational health and also really understanding not just your DNA through Ancestry.com, but understanding those medical conditions that have been in your family. And I would add not just physical conditions, behavioral health conditions, alcoholism, addiction, because those are all the things that your physician really needs to know to have a complete picture. So when we come back from this short break, Dr. Sosa from General Physician PC will share information about what preventative health care women should focus on at every stage of their life. I'm Julie Snyder, Senior Vice President, and you are listening to Point of Health. We will be right back. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield accepted by over 90% of doctors and specialists and the power of a card that opens doors in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York. Live fearless. Please stay with us. You're listening to Point of Health. Well, welcome back to Point of Health. We're here this morning with Dr. Sosa, and we're talking today about a topic of significant interest to me as a woman who is the backbone of her own little tribe. We're really looking now into all the different stages of a women's health life, if you will. So when you're in your 20s and 30s, we know the right screenings can go a long way to keeping you healthy. So doctor, what preventative health care should these age groups focus on? In the early 20s, even going back a bit further into the adolescent years, the HPV vaccine is the utmost, I think, preventative thing any parent can do for their child and young woman could do for herself. That vaccine protects you from nine different types of potential HPV viruses that may cause cervical cancer later in life. And going along with that, in prevention of cervical cancer is regular pap smears. Pap smears begin at 21, and it's important that women start doing their pap smears, whether or not they're sexually active, believe it or not, at 21, and that's done every three years or so once they're negative, and it may become more frequent if we find abnormalities. In the 20s or 30s, women at this age, they have a strong, healthy immune system. Oftentimes, if an HPV infection were to occur, they could fight that off themselves with their immune system. But it's still important that they're screened on a regular basis to prevent any progression into something worse that may involve surgical care later on. Very good. So as women transition now, 20s, 30s, 40s, are there certain matters screenings that they should be more aware of coming into their 40s. Absolutely. So we continue with pap smears, but now we start focusing on breast health a little bit more too. Around 40, though there is some debate on how often it should be done, every year or every two years at least, a woman should start having mammograms. Every year, she should still see a gynecologist, have a clinical breast exam, but she should have the mammogram done every one to two years to assess the breast tissue and to look for anything abnormal that may 
indicate breast cancer. And self-exam, very important as well. Yes. So these days, we don't only just call it a self-exam, we call it breast self-awareness. And the idea is that you, about three to four times a year, you use your fingers and you palpate the breast and you feel for any lumps that may seem different from what normal is for you. But you also take a look at the skin for any skin changes, changes in the nipples of the breast that were not there before. And by doing that, being more aware of one's body, physical body, being more aware of one's breasts, uh, you're able to identify things earlier, bringing it to the attention of your healthcare provider who could then examine you and determine whether or not you need further testing. So now we're thinking about women going into their 50s. And what are some of the important phases, I guess, in that decade for a woman? And how does that relate to their relationship with their physician? Transitioning from the 40s into the 50s can involve several changes physically. The average age of menopause is 51, but one may start to see changes in their period and their overall health and well-being long before that. Menopause is defined as no period for 12 months, but you may start to seeing either heavier periods or you may be skipping several months at a time when the period comes back unexpectedly. Women may start to notice that it's a little bit more difficult to maintain their weight, that they may have to work a little bit harder or have a stricter diet in order to do so. They may start noticing uh, changes in sleep patterns also. So all these things start probably in the late 40s or so and then into the 50s. So you bring this to your attention once you start noticing these symptoms to your physician and we talk about them. Sometimes these changes are not necessarily welcomed by the patient, to want of a better word. They could come with a little bit of emotional baggage with that change too. And talking that through with your provider is really important to help you realize that you're not alone. Most women go through this and there are ways to still continue to enjoy life and enjoy the change. In terms of preventive conditions, we move over to thinking about colon cancer risk. Overall, we start screening for colon cancer at 50. So you should make sure that you see your primary care physician or even talk to your gynecologist about ensuring that you're connected to a gastroenterologist to have your colonoscopy done. Very good. So the 50s are certainly a time of transition for women. And usually in your 50s is when your own parents are starting to age or you're starting to have issues, challenges as a family member with an aging parent. So it can be a very stressful decade and it's not a decade that there's a lot of talk about, if you will, you know, as a woman. It's really until you get into it, you realize, holy moly, nobody told me about this in high school health class. <laughs> now we're going to talk about women, the strong, wise woman, the woman who is 65 years and older, who have lived an amazing life and is starting yet another chapter. Um, many women retiring at this point, if they've been in the workforce, women becoming grandparents, certainly still caregivers. Let's talk about the health of that woman, 65 or older. After 65, it's really important that a woman pays close attention to her bone health and heart health. She should engage regularly, again, about 20 to 15 minutes, about three times a week minimally. She should engage in some sort of what we call weight-bearing exercise, whether that is using bands or lifting light weights, daily walks up a hill. Those things help to ensure that she keeps her bones healthy and strong. Because of her reduction 
in estrogen, her bones are no longer protected and she has to work a little bit harder to do that. She should be on a vitamin D and calcium supplement to ensure that the bones are in good health. And in addition to that, she should be paying attention to heart health, like we said. For the many other types of GYN specific types of conditions, unfortunately, we don't have screening tests or ways to prevent it. I'm talking particularly about ovarian cancer and uterine cancer. Those we traditionally only know they're present through a patient coming in with symptoms such as bleeding or lower abdominal bloating. So these things, these are the things they should pay attention to. If you've gone through that 12 months of menopause, under no circumstance should you be spotting or bleeding or having discharge. And certainly at 65 or older. Exactly. That is a very, right. um, that is a very strong signal to you. Uh, your body is giving you a sign and you've got to get into your doctor. Exactly. Well, great. Well, this has been so interesting. And I guess if there was one last thought you could leave with our listeners about the importance of women's health, what would it be? You still need to see a gynecologist. <laughs> Oftentimes people think either they had surgery or they're no longer childbearing and they think that they don't need to come in to see us. We still want to see you every year or at least every two years. There's so much more about you than just your reproductive organs that we need to make sure that you take care of and we're happy to do so. That's great. Well, we have had a great session today with Point of Health, with Dr. Sosa. I'm so appreciative of your time and your wisdom, your guidance, and really on behalf of the thousands of women you've cared for, probably the hundreds of babies you've delivered, probably more thousands. I want to just thank you for caring for women because it's really an amazing vocation. It's a special calling. And I uh, am especially supportive of women in this field in particular. So thank you so much for your time and uh, for being such a great physician. I'm Julie Snyder, Vice President, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Our Great Health Plan. And you've been listening to Point of Health. You've been listening to Point of Health, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York. To share this free content, visit us at bcbswny.com in the News Center. Join us next time for another informative episode focused on the topics that matter to you in the healthcare industry. Thank you for joining us.